should I start doing a thing? Let me drink yeah, this. Yeah, do the, do that. Let, yeah. let me drink this tea. Hold on. Okay, I'll just drink my coffee. <laughs> well, I, I made myself a cuppa, and then I also bought up some fizzy pop because I don't burp enough, apparently. What sort of pop? It's, uh, it's called Dr. Fizz, and it's Tesco's version of a Dr. Pepper. Nice. nice. <laughs> and, if nothing uh, else, you should talk about that. Me and Rich keep singing. They call me Doctor Fears. I am the Doctor <laughs> of Fears. They call me Doctor Fears all the time when we ask each other to pour some Doctor Fears anyway. So it's like a household thing. It's not just something yeah. you've got right. Well, it actually developed because the Asda version is called Doctor Pop, and that fits a bit better in the song. And we used to sing that, but now we don't go to Asda anymore because they're terrible. And they sent us a fish. It. Sent you a fish. <laughs> yeah, we didn't order a fish, and then we got a delivery of a fish with all its, you know, face and shit, and I could not no. accept, couldn't accept it. I'm not having that. I'm not... trying to send you a message. <laughs> when I was a ve- when I was a vegetarian, one of my hardline things was that because I was vegetarian for a while, and one of my hardline things was that I think too. that I think we're I think we're meant to eat meat, but I I always had this thing where I was like, but if I mean if you have to. Uh, like I was always very, you know, I would definitely hunt my own meat. And the, the the problem is that we don't respect the animals we eat. And I would definitely hunt meat and hunt an animal and I'd show it that much respect and stuff. And now if they bring me fish in a restaurant with a face on it, I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> just take all of the unsightly bits off it. I'm not interested. I want it to be yeah. as unrecognisable <laughs> as possible. I've had a complete turnaround. Yeah, I can't eat anything with a face. Bleh. No. Bleh. No, I could probably eat human. I've convinced myself I could do that if if need be. Hmm. I don't know what to do with that piece of information. I mean, only in like if I was isolated with a person and there was a chance that we might not be rescued quickly enough. I chew the fingernail. Is that cannibalism? Probably. Yeah. Especially if it's not mine. <laughs> okay. Um. Right. Shut up, guys. I'm going to do an intro. Okay. Gents, boys and girls, welcome to episode 48 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. It's my birthday. My but be- well not my birthday, it's the parlour's birthday. We're four. Hooray! And um, you know, to celebrate this momentous occasion of like an arbitrary number of years that happens this month sometime. I'm bringing to you the UK Podcast Award nominees crossover awesomeness that everybody was just clamoring to get. It's <laughs> <laughs> I heard that sarcastic giggle. It's Nick and James from Two Grown Men. Hello. Hello. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Has it been four years? It has. It's, yeah, this little old podcast dropped in February 2012. 
That's ridiculous. I remember you starting it with your fresh little young face and everything. Oh no, my adorable little cheeky cheeks. I uh, I saw a photo the other day uh, at work. I say I saw it the other day. I see it every day. It's my ID card, but it's from when I <laughs> when I started work, like in two thousand and eight, and it genuinely looks like I'm a tiny hamster human hybrid with like food packed up in my cheeks for later. It's terrible. Oh. I've been working where I, I work now for fifteen years. And I've had several name badges over that time. And it's like a little flip book where I can watch myself ageing. So <laughs> horrible. The opposite of the picture of Dorian yeah. Gray. Oh, I'm getting older, uglier and fatter. Brilliant. <laughs> I um, I used to really hate pictures of myself. And then I went through a phase of looking at pictures of myself when I was younger and thinking, no, I was actually quite cute at, at one point. And now I look at pictures of myself and I think, well, I'm pretty unattractive but then i look at around at all of the other people around me at work and i think no i am unattractive but i'm probably still above average and that's what's important <laughs> i have a... other people are horrible <laughs> i have a weird relationship with my own face in that uh, i'm the kind of person who the instant i see a camera i'm diving in front of it like cheese um but then the instant i see the photos i'm like oh no that i've got fat chin in that oh fat face oh my eyes are clear i look like a div oh i look fat and uh, and i hate him so but since like the sort of advent of selfies and my adamance that i'm gonna you know be down with the street kids and stuff and, and post all the selfies all the times you know i've discovered my angles and from from like a certain angle from like up up on the left i'm all right I'll... <laughs> <laughs> My angle is um, from the observation deck of the uh, International Space Station. And if you take a picture of me from there, lovely. On uh, on James's television, I'm going to ignore that because I think he's gorgeous. I'm looking at him now. And um, on the big TV, there's a picture of you pouting at, at us, Stacey. And actually, no, it's nice. I like it. I've seen your face. What? I like it. Why is my face? I've seen your face. What? It's on the Skype thing. Skype's on oh, the telly. Oh, I'm going to shoot myself then. I was like, why am I on the TV? Do you have cameras in my house? And then panic. That as well. But that's, that's not why. I'm Mr. Robot. Hello. <laughs> I'm Mr. Robot. He's Mr. Robot. That's his Mr. Robot. His Mr. Robot voices. He talks in that voice. Yeah. In my Mr. Robot voice, I talk in even more of a bored monotone about how useless sheeple. Hello. I'm sad. All of these sheeple. They're all walking around thinking that they're the big shit. No, I, I can't do voices. This is an established. <laughs> I think I think mine's more accurate. I used to think my angle was the problem. I have is that my hair is thinning in a way, and I never thought I identified myself as by my hair. I didn't think I was like that, even though I had lots of it. And now that it's going, if I shoot myself, if I photograph myself, sorry, from above. You can really see my bald spot. And if you photograph me from below, it just looks like there's no hair there at all. So, <laughs> so I just try not to photograph myself. I, I avoid the... photographs from below because that gives you extra chin and I don't need any extra chin. It's <laughs> how they film people to make them look evil. Possibly, yeah. Straight up the nose holes. I, yeah. I'm probably going to be on the telly soon, and um, and and I got to experience being in front of actual cameras, and it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> How hot is it under the lights? Oh, my God. So fucking hot. I um, The thing is, they put this fancy makeup on you that somehow turns your face into a sponge so your face doesn't sweat, which is good because I'm naturally quite a sweaty person. And and I was really scared that I'd get a... That's for me too. I thought I'd get a really sweaty top lip, like, immediately. Uh, But luckily I didn't. But what I could feel the entire time I was doing this interview was just beads of sweat trickling down my back 
just to the base of my spine and just hanging out there. And that really oh. bothered me the entire time. So I thought as soon as I stand up, they're going to be like, look at, look at look at that sweaty stool that she's been sitting on, like a big fat trollop. <laughs> I couldn't quite nice. cope with it. Were you being interviewed? I was, yeah, for the beep. Oh, wow. For the was beep? it because of the podcasting? No. I wish it was. No, it was about being fat. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> I was talking to BBC Horizons about obesity. Oh, how did that come about? I'm really curious. Because I work in a weight, in a weight, put my teeth in, in a weight management service. And so they sort of approached us saying, could you suggest to your patients perhaps that they could come and talk to us about their weight and stuff? And basically all of our patients went, um, I'm fat, I'm not going on the deli. <laughs> and, uh, it already adds all those pounds, doesn't it? Yeah, it adds like 10. It's horrible. It makes you really self-conscious as well because when I was there, they made me walk in and out of the room and sit down on the stool like seven or eight times. And, uh, and it made, by, the, by like the eighth time, I was like, my head inside my head, it was just like a running commentary. Are you walking normally? Is this how you normally walk? Do, you, do, do I need to straighten my shoulders? Am I sitting down properly? Is this a stool? Where's the back? What's happening? And I just sort of freaked myself out a little bit. But yeah, basically, they sort of approached our service and asked us for volunteers. And my boss said it'd be really good if somebody would go, hint, hint. And I was like, all right, do I'll they volunteer you do for it. Everything? Um, not really. It's just that this this thing I happened to sort of hit the criteria, and also it got me a day off work. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Uh, but I'm really scared now because I was fine sort of up until the point the cameras were on me. Then I shit myself, and now I'm scared that they're going to edit it so that I look like a moron on the telly. Now Aww. you're worried about leaving a sweat mark. Yeah. Unless you shit yourself, that's what. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, yeah. Well, you know, I was wearing an adult diaper, so it was fine. Uh, she. She did mention leaving a sweaty stall. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. I actually did. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit, it was a bit scary. I'm, I'm concerned about telling people about it. She says on a podcast, um, mm. just in case it is like a terrible program that that's that's just awful. But you never know, eh? Till you've well, done stuff. Horizon's pretty sound mark of quality, I'd say. Is I it? would also say so. I mean, I've never watched it, but it's it's a BBC Two thing, so it seems like it'd be pretty. Horizon documentaries are generally very good. Oh, so. good. If it's BBC Two, that used to be a mark of quality when we were young. <laughs> you won't watch it unless you can legally download it. That I don't know. I do not know what he. I do. I mean, I'm not saying. I don't want to add any credence to what James just said because that was a very serious allegation he just made, and I do not know what he's even talking about. We do. We do have terrestrial TV in our house, James. You. You mean I can't believe you'd even suggest. Why would you even say a thing? I mean, cover, I don't. It? It's just a cover. Admit it. <laughs> I pay my TV license like everyone else. So I can download as much content. That's <laughs> why do you keep spreading these spurious lies? People take this really serious, this sort of thing, really seriously. I'm sorry. You're an awful person. I pay for all the subscription services and the shitty internet i should apologize by the way uh we are doing this podcast way way later than we were supposed to like weeks later weren't we and i suspect yeah. it was my shitty talk talk internet <laughs> i think I, I i have reason to believe that talk talk are not good at internet actually you might want to cut this bit where i'm talking about my internet service provider out so they don't end up picking it up in some sort of google search after james was suggesting because he's a bad person <laughs> That I was using their service for something I shouldn't have been. Yeah, that's exactly how Google searches work. I don't know. I don't understand technology. I'm not Mr. Fucking Robot. <laughs> I feel like I should point out at this point that I didn't watch Mr. Robot, so... Good. No, that's don't. Don't. It's not good. Doing a wash over my head. 
you know, like, um, you know, I'm generally quite, uh, I like to be positive about, uh, about pop culture things. And part of the reason I like to be is that when something really gets my go, I can't stop bitching about it. <laughs> and, and Mr. Robot, I really didn't like very much. Mm, I've noticed. And I think I'd put loads of people off. Is that why you didn't watch? <laughs> no, no, my hobby had already pretty much finished it by the time you started um, ranting about it on the internet. But I, it oh. was one of those things that I think he put on while I was reading some comics. And then the next episode he watched while I was like having a bath. And then I was just like, oh, I don't care. I've missed the start. So I know it had a man with a very strange, a goggly eyed face in it. Rami Malek, he's the reason I watched the whole thing. He is really difficult to take your eyes off, mainly yeah. because he's got those goggly eyes. Yeah, he's mesmerising like a fish. Yeah, <laughs> but, like, strangely attractive fish. He's I like think. an amusing Marty Feldman, isn't he? That's yeah. a Marty Feldman. Do you know Marty Feldman, Stacey? No, Stacey? I don't. Oh, God, I'm he, sorry. He's, he was like... <laughs> He was um, in some early Mel Brooks films. Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein and a couple of other things. He's known for having very goggly eyes. I was about oh, yeah. to say, who's Mel Brooks? <clears throat> yeah, um, Mel Brooks' <laughs> son is someone famous, and I can't remember. Oh, Mel Brooks' son wrote the, the World War Zombie book, the World oh, War Z book, Max, the film's based on. Max, Max Brooks. Brooks. His daughter's Kelly Brooks. No, she isn't, you <laughs> silly fucker. <laughs> I'm I'm really sorry about him. <laughs> I'll let you up. You don't. He's not your responsibility. <laughs> like you don't. I feel like he is though. <laughs> you I brought was, him into my life, Nick. You I was. Him he's. Uh, I I was just saying to uh, James's wife before we came into this room um, where we're sitting on the floor lounging. James is lounging. I can see his junk. Oh, sorry. No, I mean. Not in a bad way. Um, My fat man got was hanging out. And um, and just before I came in here, I was saying to, uh, we were just talking about all the podcasting he's been doing, all the all the guest spots on things he's doing, and how I don't feel threatened at all. And it's nice because <laughs> it's nice that he's taking wing and and it's really enlivening, and he doesn't need me anymore. And it's not it's it's good, and I don't feel weird about it at all. Writing a pamphlet unless he's here the weekend, and he didn't tell anyone about it. I don't like to make a fuss. <laughs> such a pair I could listen let's see that this is the problem with this is I'm going to end up just listening to you pair like this is an episode of two grown men and not not saying any words that's Sorry. do you want to do you want to tell Stacey about your first experience guesting on another podcast God. yeah no I um I, I went on to set in worlds um to talk about Romans and um got told off by Clarky because I was essentially just listening <laughs> You kept forgetting you were supposed to be on it. I think everybody gets told off by Clarky at some point in their life. There is a bit of that, yeah. I got told off for him by not knowing how to swim, and then yeah. he almost threw me in a canal. Uh, well, I mean, I, I know I know all of that story. That's the story. That, James, I, he says, tapping yeah. James, is a story where Nick got to almost be a hero in Leeds. Oh, good. As opposed to the time where Stacey actually got to be a hero <laughs> in Leeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for oh, saying this I was very concerned, <laughs> I'll be honest. You know when you're that, that level yeah. of drunk, though, where your concern doesn't really show? You just you seem irritable more than anything else. But what it was was I was drunk, and I didn't know how to handle this. I was so glad Mike came outside too, because I was just like, I don't know how to do this by yeah. myself. I'm terrible. I'm a woman. I don't get it. <laughs> it I mean, it's the last time we let Nick drink with Bill Cosby before he goes out. Oh, that's not funny. Yeah, it is kind of. It must be funny. Comedy Bang Bang have been joking about it for the last few months. So, it, so Cosby date raping people must oh, be funny now. Pretty it's not. I don't. I feel weird about the jokes about that. Is it funny? Stacey, you're a girl. 
Is it funny? <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I'm the best barometer for funny because I have really like sort of bad taste in humour. If that makes, sense. I I find pretty much anything funny if the joke's well told. I well, there's a there's an element there, I guess, of self self loathing because I kind of fit, I I've obviously I'm fine with them joking about it on Comedy Bang Bang because they're professionals. <laughs> But like when it's James and me, I feel really awkward about it for some reason. I don't know why that is. I don't know. We all listen to Comedy Bang Bang, don't we? This is cool. We could just talk about other podcasts okay. for the whole of this, if couldn't we? We could. We could do that. I mean, we absolutely could. I'll listen to a fucking shit ton, but there we go. I I was I'm on a I'm on a social group on Facebook where someone actually said it's it's based around a series of podcasts that I didn't actually listen to. Because uh, they're all b- about TV shows that I don't I don't watch when they're broadcast. So, I, but I know some of them, so I, I'm on there. And one of them was actually saying, "Is it wrong that I only listen to podcasts that are related to this group? I don't listen to any others." And I was like, "Well, no, it's just there's this understanding that because you like podcasts and it's kind of quite a small medium, then you're probably all in for all of them. And it's not really like that, is it? No. The the, the difficulty I have, okay. I tend to actually listen to more from people outside of my friendshipy groups because the problem I've got is I know so many people who podcast that um, and they yeah. podcast about roughly the same things that if I listened to them all I'd probably get really sick of all of them <laughs> so I tend to listen no, to a lot yeah. of things like outside of my friendship groups and then dip in and out of like the odd I think yours is the only one I listen to like on the regulars that's just because I miss oh, your that's... dulcet tones this is oh <laughs> This is the second podcast I've listened to. Well, I know I'm on it, so that doesn't count. But I've listened to it in a day that might nearly make me cry because people are saying nice things. Aww. James is that Tim and Max explain everything about something or other because it's a stupidly long title and no one can ever remember the whole thing. James was on it this week and they were all really nice at the end about me, except Max, who's a monster. Max Barnard and Monster. Well, they obviously haven't had to deal with you on the streets of Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Although Timothy Swan did share a room with me uh, a couple of years ago. so But I didn't disgrace myself that year. So it's, it's all okay. But um, yeah, I listen to yours. And I listen to... I don't think... I, I sometimes listen to the Geek Syndicate, but I sometimes mm-hmm. forget because it's weekly. But I like listening to those guys sometimes because I know them both and they're nice. But I don't like geeky podcasts very much. It's it's hard to hear the same things about the same stuff like constantly and have it be fresh and interesting. Yeah. And <laughs> geeks are so angry about everything as well, aren't they? Oh the... I try not to be angry about not... things, but I think the problem is I think I think passionate's a better word because when I like something I really tend to love something, but you are right, I do go nuts when I hate stuff. <laughs> Well, because I, 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 I've actually had conversations with you, so I know that I can, if I want to, I can argue with you. <laughs> well, not argue, but disagree, and it's fine. But it's like so many of them, I don't understand what things you're supposed to hate. So you'll listen to them, and they'll talk about certain films or whatever, as if it's just an established fact that everyone who has a geek club card hates such and such film. But I didn't mind Crystal Skull. I actually enjoyed Prometheus when I watched it, although I can see its flaws. And I really liked Sucker Punch. So I, I just don't... I like Sucker Punch. There's there's loads of stuff like that that like you're supposed to hate. And people will say something like, they'll talk about an individual comic, um, an individual issue of a comic, and they'll say, and of course there was that storyline and it was stupid. And I'll be like, I don't even know what you're fucking talking about. <laughs> I don't. The only bad comic ever made 
was the September 11th <laughs> um, commemorative issue of Amazing Spider-Man, written by J. Michael Straczynski, with art by John Romita Jr. It is shit. That sounds terrible. Had it not been for that issue. It's awful. I wouldn't have met James if not for that. It's true, because James was running a competition uh, to find the worst comic ever, and I think there were three entries, and I was one of them or something. <laughs> No, I think it's more like that. It's back when Mom had a bit of traction. All right. You know, before you came on board. Yeah, I ruined ruined everything for them, Stacey. Uh, James was on his way to becoming a successful uh, head of a geek geek empire. Yeah. And I came along and said, I mean, listicles, though, they're stupid. They're not going anywhere as a cultural form. No one wants to hear an arbitrary top eight or nine or whatever reasons why Aquaman is gay or whatever it was they were talking about at the time they were very they weren't very progressive either they used to there was this whole thing wasn't there about how green lantern was i i don't remember get james doesn't remember i've no idea what you're talking about the uh, it's good it's good i mean james james had a website before i came along called monkey on my back comics Mm -hmm. and they were doing really well they had loads of hits and people liked them and stuff and then they met me and I said, well, but it's all just cheap jokes, isn't it? Well, that's all a bit reductive. (laughs) And then we stopped. (laughs) And started being, like, trying to be more thoughtful and clever about stuff. And it turns out there's not really an audience for that. But it's more spiritually fulfilling. And that's the main thing. Why why the hell hell would I want to monetize a hobby? (laughs) Um... I, I have to apologise to you about something actually, Stacey. Okay. Uh, and it was I was a li- I was a little bit worried. I I thought it's just me apologising about loads of stuff so far, isn't it? <laughs> oh. I'm I'm sorry I've taken over and I'm just apologising about stuff. Um, James, you apologise about taking you over. you won't have paid attention. You won't have noticed this, James, because you don't pay any attention to anything I do on the internet. But um, the last exchange Stacey and I had online was. It didn't occur to me until afterwards, but it might have seemed like I was being a bit snarky about something she'd shared, which was actually a really, like, quite a good article about Deadpool, mm. about the Deadpool movie, right. which I haven't seen yet. And Stacey has seen, but I don't know if she <laughs> liked it or anything. I haven't got a sense of that, it's, really. It's all right. It's all right. <clears throat> um, as, was it okay? Because, I mean, to be honest, I haven't really seen anyone talking about it on the internet anywhere, <laughs> so... But there was an article, and it was quite good, but it was basically, um, and I'd seen other people share it before Stacey had, which was why I, because I like, because Stacey and I can talk to each other, all of my slight sarcasm came out when I responded to Stacey. But um, it was an article about how all of the, all of the tropes in Deadpool that might seem sexist actually aren't sexist. That's what it was essentially about, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. I think. Yeah. And Stacey shared it, and she, and Stacey was positive about it, and that's and that's cool. But I'd read it earlier on and thought that it's like, well, yeah, all of those are good reasons why this film is okay. But you could, but I have felt that way about, well, for example, Sucker Punch. I know people who've written off Sucker Punch as really sexist, but it does similar things of all of those tropes as well. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, for me, it was like, well, this article is basically saying that if broadly you get a good feeling off a movie, you can come up with justifications for anything in it, really. And I said that. And then afterwards, I thought, well, that sounded a bit sarcastic and mean, and I shouldn't have really said that. So I'm sorry. 
That's Sorry. okay. I'll let you off for thinking things. That's fine. I don't mind. Um, <laughs> the reason <laughs> I shared the reason I shared the article, uh, even though I kind of didn't like the way it was written, is because I had I got the distinct feeling from this article that it was basically saying that it felt smug. I don't know if you, <laughs> if you got this reading from the article, but it was basically a bird saying, "Here's all these things that could possibly have been sexist, but guess what? They kind of weren't." And while I agree with that sentiment. The, the article was written as if to say, aren't I great for not being offended by things even though I've got a vagina? <laughs> Which... the, there was an element of that. Yeah, I get that. It, it was a little bit like that. And yeah, no, that's true. I hadn't even considered that, to be honest. Because what I was thinking was it was like it was going on the assumption that the person writing is a good arbiter of what is and isn't appropriate. And that's like that's kind of bullshit. And anyone can do that if they want to. Like, Gamergators do that and are quite comfortable with their position. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it, it was like this thing where they were expecting you to go, well, this person's always been on the right side of the feminism and sexism debate before. So clearly every justification they come up with is is fine. And it's like, well, I get, I get it. But, you know, I, I don't know if I've said to you, I think I probably said to you before, actually, and Stacey and James will have heard me say this loads. It's like, what it really comes down to is you like some things and you don't like other things and all of these metrics of whether something is dog shit or not or evil or not or ideologically shitty they all come afterwards you come up with explanations for things mm -hmm. afterwards do you know what i mean oh no i agree i've said this before like i've i'm i'm a bit of a stickler for um cgi in movies but oh. If a movie has terrible CGI but a good story and a good cast and like a good relationship between everyone in the movie and a good soundtrack and the the plot's great and you know I'll let it off for the terrible CGI even though I know it looks like garbage whereas if the movie looks like garbage and doesn't really have much else going for it then I will tear it apart like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> I get that. I think I think the best example of that for me is Spider-Man 2, the Sam Raimi one. Mhm. Mm Generally, people think of that as the best, one of the best Spider-Man films, mm -hmm. but the CGI in it is is kind of ropey even for the time. It none of it looks quite right, mm -hmm. but people like it because it's Doctor Octopus and the performances are good. And see, you say like that, that though. Have you tried watching them again recently? Because oh no, I won't have them in the house. <laughs> Because I, I watched, I when was it? It was about a year or so ago. I rewatched all, all three of the Raimi ones because I've been quite a champion of the third movie. I don't think it's as bad as everybody makes out. Um, it's definitely the worst of the three because, you know, it just is. But but then I rewatched them and I was like, oh, all three of them aren't very good. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's probably fair, actually. do not stand up very well at all. Poor Spidey. You know, I'm because I'm quite people. I I think I come across as quite contrary. And the thing for me was, I started reevaluating those films when I saw the new one. I didn't mm. see the second Amazing Spider-Man. Don't but I saw that. I saw the first one, and I thought, well, that was all right. I didn't I didn't mind. I had a nice time in the cinema. It was okay. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, everyone was talking about how shit it was compared to the others. And I was thinking, well, but the others weren't amazing. Like in my head, I was already sort of. I'm like that about Crystal Skull. I don't think he translates to film. What, Spider-Man? Mm. I think... Uh-oh, are you there? Yeah. Oh, good. Okay, it's telling us there was an internet connection. Oh, problem. I was going to say, I'm just listening. I'm just being quiet. <laughs> oh, um, I, I think that about Batman, actually, James, but you well, don't, don't think Spider-Man... No, I think Batman works because Batman's a consistently dark character and mm. carries that tone throughout. 
But the, what's lovely about Spider-Man is he is a guy that's had a load of crap happen to him in his life. But there's also the light side of it. I don't think it plays well. On, oh, I see. You, you mean film. the contrast think, in I themes. Think, I think the light and dark of Spider-Man works best in the medium in which he was invented. I don't think he works well in film. I suppose I can agree with that. It, it makes the tone of a film go all over the bloody place. I, I was thinking you meant he didn't look right. No, 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 not at all. I reckon he'd be more satisfying as a bit part player in an Avengers film rather than carrying his own films. But Miles Morales, though, whoever that's one that's one geeky thing I'm right on top of is I like Miles Morales loads and aren't I aren't I good and progressive? I like Miles Morales loads. Uh, Kamala Khan is one of my favourite uh, new comic people in the last several years. Ms. Marvel, I really like her. And, um, I've, I started shipping some characters on something recently. Um, and I've never shipped anyone before and it was quite exciting. Nick, Nick knows an 18 year old. So he now uses terms like ship. shipping. Yeah. I was just going to say, I don't have no, like what? <laughs> shipping is when, um, shipping is when you, you have some goods that you wish to transport <sighs> from one country to another and you put them on a ship. <laughs> and... He's so pleased with himself right now. He really is. <laughs> But there's uh, shipping is when uh, the people you start liking something because um, it's written well and it's made well and it's good. So you get to like characters because of the way they're written. But then you decide that you know better than the writers uh, what those characters should be doing. So you put them in relationships in your head. Uh, I think ship is short for relationship. Oh. If James had listened to any of the previous episodes of Tim and Max, he'd have understood this. Um, other than James the one has. for a minute there, <laughs> for a minute there, I thought you meant you just started writing all sorts of sexy Marvel fan fiction. No, or not fan fiction. I'm not nearly talented enough for that. <laughs> um, but but I think I might be doing the shipping thing wrong because uh, there's literally only one couple in anything I ship. And that's two characters in a program called Scandal, which I suspect most geeks don't watch. No. Because it's kind of one of those American drama soap things. But there's there are I really like it when the when the nice well, I really like it when the main lady in it is with one man, but I don't like it when she's with another man because he's horrible. And that's shipping. That's what shipping is. <laughs> You're so adorable. I think I've just explained shipping anyway, so that's sorted. Do you understand shipping now? I do. Fan fiction is when you want those characters to have sex with each other, so you yeah. write about it. You understood that already, though, I yeah, think. Yeah, um, I've talked on previous episodes about how I made the mistake of looking into Rick and Morty fan fiction and then sort of wishing I could wash my eyes out with soap. All Rick and Morty fan fiction wants either one or both of them to die or for them to fuck each other. That's it. I find this all... I wonder. I wonder how Dan Harmon and everyone feels about both the fan fiction... And the um, all of the theories that go on mm. around the show, because it feels to me like, and you probably know more about those than I do, because you've you've looked into it quite a lot, a lot, haven't you? I mm-hmm. think, Stacey. Yep. But it, it feels to me like what they've done is deliberately made a show that is as resistant to people wanking on about continuity. <laughs> <laughs> they they as good as say halfway through the first first season. Look, none of this is concrete. <laughs> we don't even know which versions of these characters there are running around at this point. So try not to worry about it at all. Do you know, I was going to say, this is something that drives me mad. Do you know how Ricky's referred to as C-137 Rick? I did not know that. <laughs> which which fucking universe is that? 
Is that the one they started in? The one that they moved to when they do the whole Rick Potion number nine situation? Like, what's... <laughs> I don't think it... Does it... I mean, I don't I, know. I quite liked it on the, the uh, Rick and Morty game. You're both playing that, I've, aren't you? I've stopped playing. Oh, actually, I haven't... I'm addicted. But you, you, know, you know when, uh, you know when he, he, he's going to fight uh, a trainer? Mm-hmm. And there's one of the, the stock phrases that they use on it that I find quite revealing is oh there's another made up character yeah <laughs> that's exactly it. it it's just it's 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 meant to be a load of made up uncomprehensible baloney yeah they, <laughs> that's its charm it started out as fanfic anyway didn't it it started yeah, out as yeah. that disgusting um oh god Mac- so gross Marty McFly and Doc Doc and things. Marty I don't know oh. if James has seen those they're horrible Ugh. They're, it's really gross. Have you seen it, James? You're not making any expression. No, I, I don't. It's gross. Impressive in fan fiction. No, it's the. Uh, no, it was Justin Roiland's. Um... Justin Roiland. Yeah, he did it. He did a wee animation, didn't he? That was like really crude looking. Sort of. It's very close to what Rick and Morty look like now, and it's essentially it's a really long period of Morty licking Rick's balls. Like really going really? to town on his balls, and then I just sort of stopped watching. So I was like, "No, I can't accept this." Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's weird now that you know that those characters are based on M- Marty McFly and Doc because they're because they're grand- grandfather and grandson. But it was quite weird, just as Back to the Future. Yeah, snuff, <laughs> stuff, not snuff, porn. Oh dear, that's snuff a whole other kettle of same fish. Thing, are they? Jay. Not always. <laughs> Was that a Freudian slip, do you think? I think I might have had a Freudian slip-up. The uh, funny thing about this is when we originally tried to record this, this is how quickly video games go, games go now. Mm. When we originally tried to record this, Stacey, I don't know if you remember, but James was so into that game, it was unbelievable. I do remember yeah, that. I got to I got to a point where like, I'd levelled the fuckers up so much that it's just, oh, it's just a bit of a grind after a while. That is the only... The app, that is the only game so far that my two-year-old son has, well, two-and-a-half-year-old son has been able to, he worked out how to control them. Like, he started the app up on my phone and worked out how to control them just by looking at the little uh, compass control thing. It's really, it was really impressive. I was really impressed because people with kids always say, oh, yeah, it's amazing. They work out the touchscreen really quickly. And most of the time, it's just literally they're just accidentally opening stuff because children are idiots, Stacey. I don't know if anyone's ever made like. I was a child once and I'm pretty sure I was an idiot. So, yeah, most of what they do, most of what they achieve, they achieve by accident the same way grown ups do, (laughs) I think. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he can actually control the. the Rick and Morty chaps, it's exciting. But are you still playing that? I am. I've but the thing is, I'm crap at levelling up my Mortys because I get impatient and don't fight enough trainers and just like pretty much go straight to the Ricks. So I've got one like really leveled up Morty that's got like he's at level like fifty four or something. And then all the others are about level twenty and just keep getting dazed immediately. I found the secret is is to fight the wild Mortys and then combine them and he that's a way to level up really quickly. I was so disappointed when I realised that you can't combine two sausage morties. I never got a sausage morty. What's a sausage morty? It's literally a sausage in a t-shirt with a morty face on it, and it oh, hops yeah. around, and it's adorable. And I managed to catch two of them, and then tried to combine them, and it was like, I'm sorry, these can't be combined. And I was like, well, right. f- fuck my life. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's that's what I mean about being like fan 
uh, fan fiction resistant is like normally people start writing fan fiction because they're frustrated with <laughs> with ideas not being explored in the actual thing. But Rick and Morty, they do it all, don't they? Mm-hmm. They're just clearly just making all of like they're clearly just playing with all of those ideas. You all would the say time. they're making it all up. <laughs> they are just making it all up. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, there is actually Pocket Morty's fan fiction as well. Oh my god! It's a thing that I discovered, and there's all sorts of different versions of Morty just just fucking all over the place. That is so it's so weird. Mm, yeah, I don't really understand. Sausage Morty's probably been some terrible places. <laughs> people in their late teens and early twenties, who I imagine are the type of people that are writing this sort of stuff, maybe to combat it, we should all give them very high doses of either antidepressant. Or bromide um, in an attempt to um, uh, retard their libidos. You're, and then they wouldn't. They wouldn't have to write these things. And I use the word retard in the correct context. No, I, I know he was really pointing at me when he said that, Stacey. No, but you you just seem to think that uh, antidepressants are the answer to everything these days. Well, they they they're good for depression. They're good for getting rid of your libido. They're, and they're good for stopping you mate, stopping you feeling anything. So they're, they're good for all three of those things. I'm going to a funeral tomorrow, and I'm not going to feel a thing. I already don't feel anything when I go to funerals, though. Oh, fair enough. Well, I mean, I haven't been to a really important one yet. So to be fair, maybe that's that's not fair. Obviously, every funeral is important to someone who's there, but they just haven't been in that important to me. Nobody I know is going to listen to this, are they, Stacey? I, d- I don't know. <laughs> Nobody in my family is going to listen to this. Should be okay. It's okay. I should be okay. I'm worried about when my dog dies. This isn't that podcast. That's a different podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm positive. Should we talk about something pop culture Shall we? Do you have segments? It's taking over. It's <laughs> taking over. I'll stop. The you thing is, talk. the thing is, I don't mind that you take it over because, as I said before we started recording, I've recorded too many episodes of this show in the past month, uh, and therefore done very little things other than editing the fuck out of this show. So um, the only thing really that I've seen that I can talk about is Deadpool, and I believe neither of you have seen it, so that's gonna be a short conversation, I think. I am. Um, I want to know about it though. Jimmy Changers. Chimmy Changers. Um, I mean, is it just is it just all loads of catchphrases that people keep repeating that I don't understand? <laughs> um, yes and no. <laughs> it's perfect, right. is what it is. Is what it is. I was very overexcited for it anyway because I'm a big old Deadpool fangirl. But I think I feel it's, it's. I feel like it sounds really exaggerated to say this, but it. I, this is how I feel. I feel like that was the role that Ryan Reynolds has just been like born to play. As like everything else he's ever done is like shit in comparison to this, because he's just fucking perfect. And you get to see his penis and his bottom on several occasions, which is also a bonus. Is actually his penis? What's his penis like? Well, see, the problem is the bit where you quite clearly see his penis is when he's going through his first sort of like, oh, everything's regenerating, and I look a horrendous mess. So it looks quite small and scabby. <laughs> um, Some of them just look like that, Stacey. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, Willie's a weird. Weird looking guys. God, they really are. But do you know, though, on the right bloke, they can look lovely. I, I, can I, they? Yeah, the right bloke. I don't think they're ugly. I, mine, mine is ugly. But, like, you know, I quite want to see um, like uh, those pictures of Tom Hardy with his woolly out. So I bet he's got a luscious looking woolly. I think where James and I 
like diverge on this is it's the the i think uh, it's an established part of james and nick mythology our opinions on this i think and basically i really don't like uh male junk which is probably why i'm not like way more bisexual than i actually am i'm not even really bi curious but i do find men's faces attractive i prefer a certain side to lead to a an uncut one i'll be honest with you there have you done your research really... <laughs> well just from ones i've seen i know what i like i know what i don't like oh. are you um stacy you still watching i zombie i am indeed the i do quite fancy the indian guy in that doesn't everybody he's i think before. so I, th- I think so and yeah. i i think um i think but that's that's kind of my speed but then but then i start thinking about male junk and it just doesn't appeal to me at all i don't like it no me neither it's a bit weird you know no offense guys but it is weird i mean how did that all evolve i think it's the best argument for a an insane trickster god who created <laughs> everything anyway it's like the, the scraggly little bit left over uh, after pulling uh, bits of a model kit off the plastic <laughs> it's called it's called a sprue the sprue yeah it's like it's like the uh scrag it's a scrag end it's not really it's like the leftovers it's like when you when you've blown a blown a balloon up and you've tied it off it's a bit like that <laughs> i don't know anyway, how we managed sorry, to def- get 45 minutes into this and not have said really anything <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a birthday episode this one doesn't count anyway as a as a sensible you know thing um deadpool yeah i'm not selling it well i realize because all i've said so far is isn't ryan reynolds you made but he is um that's that's a, a thing that's true um, james said chimichanga he did say chimichangas it, like the thing is i i somehow have only seen it once so far and i was so excitable i'm sure i miss things um because the thing about me is that when i see things that are either insanely cute or or things that, that I really like, I get kind of pent up energy and just like punch stuff and get overexcited. A lot of my friends got punched when we were watching <laughs> Deadpool. <laughs> I was like, Phil! Ah! But and he's like, stop fucking punching me in the leg, you twat. But yeah, I got excited. I just, I can't see. I'm st- I'm, I'm getting overexcited now. I <laughs> loved it because it's, it was just, you could tell that everybody who was involved with it just like loved being there and loved doing it. And the, the guys behind the film were clearly like love Deadpool as a character because it was like, oh, it was just perfect. I don't, I don't know how I've not watched it again yet. That doesn't make sense to me. Did you see what James Gunn said? Uh, no. About it, because um, a lot of people have, uh, rather understandably, because that's what geeks are, have been um, using Deadpool as the latest. They've been basically using it to try and fan the flames of this whole Fox. Fox Marvel Studios weird rivalry thing again, mm-hmm. sort of using Deadpool as as the movie as a way of attacking the Marvel Studios movies, mm. which I think have kind of become a little bit like very similar to each other sort of thing. And yeah, and um, people the the novelty has worn off a little bit of the Marvel Studios films, and um and so a lot of people are using they're doing that thing that whenever a film is successful they're using it as a to fit into their pet argument about mm-hmm. things. And so I think people were slagging off the Marvel Studios movies and he said like he said specifically that he loves he loves Deadpool, but like let's not like but this whole making it part of that rivalry thing rivalry thing is kind of bullshit. And that what's almost definitely gonna happen is that movie studios are gonna take the wrong lessons mm-hmm. from the success of Deadpool, which is that like if it hadn't been Guardians of the Galaxy 
which was another one of those movies where people took it took its success as a way of saying look this is what happened when you take risks this is this is what happens when you do something irreverent and stuff like that it can be successful he said like if it hadn't been for guardians of the galaxy it would have been quite difficult to make a movie like deadpool and the lesson that studios should learn is that they should make make more risky movies in the future but the lesson that they're almost definitely likely to uh, learn instead is that is that they're going to just make a whole bunch of superhero movies that are R-rated <laughs> and have like fourth wall breaking characters and sex and stuff mm-hmm. rather than learn the actual lessons which is people like Deadpool because it's different not because it's rude yeah probably like it because it's rude well i was gonna say i think there's there's definitely a little bit of that to it because i don't i think deadpool's a character that appeals it appeals to both your adult and and the kid in you because he's he's very smart and very funny and very fun to watch but at the same time he's gross and juvenile and that that's also hilarious but you you saying that about um, r-rated movies i actually really agree with that because i the reason i love deadpool so much wasn't because it was gory and because there was sex all over the place and because he swore it was because it was a really original interesting movie to it like it's the it's the first time i've come out of a cinema like that buzzed i was proper like grinning from ear to ear zinging all over the place punching every single one of the people that was in my little party of people that went to see it and that's the first time i've ever come out of the cinema being that excited and then about i think three days after I'd seen it, they were already announcing that the next Wolverine movie is probably going to be R-rated. And I was thinking, ugh, like nobody needs to see Wolverine going around fucking everything and swearing and, <laughs> you know, like Wolverine's fine the way he is. Just just write a really good story, maybe. It's it's funny because I, I thought that they had said that was going to be the case with the last Wolverine film as well, but mm. maybe they just backed off from it because the main complaint people had about the first one was that he's like his main weapon. Well, his main character trait is he's got fucking great claws, mm-hmm. but there was there was no blood anywhere in the whole film, <laughs> yeah. and that that's weird. And it's very it's like I I've become weirdly. I don't think it's just since becoming a parent. I think I've I've been more and more of this over the years. That like I become quite purit- puritanical about that. I like cartoon violence to a certain extent, but. I really don't like it when you've got characters brandishing edged weapons and no one ever gets cut because Mm -hmm. that seems to be sending a really weird message to anyone watching it. It's very strange. I mean, I I know we, James and I grew up on the A-team. So in terms of bullets and explosions that don't hurt anyone, Mm -hmm. we've got like, that's what we were raised on. Um, And we're a fucking mess. Yeah, that and the Jutsu Hazard. And the Jutsu Hazard. So yeah, the the sort of the racism of the Jutsu Hazard and the violence. And then the violence, the A-team. It's one of the psychopath I am today. Yeah, you are a bit of a psychopath though. You've been um, staring at me licking your lips the whole way through this. uh... Oh no, you might not want to eat me. It might be a sex thing. Okay, forget I said anything. Oh, you're hungry. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry I mentioned anything. Well, I mean, it's good that you liked it. I really... The other thing... Have you seen Blade? The other thing I've really liked about Deadpool is that people have been talking about Blade again, and I love that first film. I actually re-watched Blade recently. Just because uh, Richie's trying to watch a movie a day for some unknown reason this year, and because he's uh, awesome, because he's crazy. And um, it, the, the weird thing was is that we watched Blade, and then he decided he wanted to watch a movie he hadn't seen before every day this year. So then he had to watch another movie on the first of January. Oh, which is a bit, <laughs> a bit weird. Um, so Doug Benson, the comedian Doug Benson, did it last year. Did he? Yes, he did. He did indeed. 
Do you love Doug Benson as well? I did, and then I don't know what happened, but I just completely fell out of love with him. <laughs> there was just one day where I was halfway through an episode of Douglas Movies, and I was like, do you know what? Nah. <laughs> I just stopped. He, he hosts my favourite TV show, Bar None. I cannot get enough getting Doug with High. It's my favourite thing. Was there an episode of that where I think I think it was Jack Black just totally freaked out? <laughs> Jack Black was brilliant. <laughs> he was spinning around in his chair and all sorts. Thing is with Jack Black though, you don't know how much of it was because he was stoned and how much of it was because he was just being Jack Black. Yeah. He's he's one of those characters that he's like he's like basically like Robin Williams without the now attached sadness and melancholy, in that when he's being interviewed, he can be a real tit, can't he? He, he he gets right into his. If you, if you want to watch a if you want to watch a really good getting Doug though, any episode that has Todd Glass on it is just brilliant. Those two are very funny together, especially when they're stoned. I don't have any frame of reference for this. I like the Dan Harmon one. James showed me the one with Dan Harmon on, and that was good. It's too easy. I want Dan Harmon to be my friend, and I me suspect too. I'm the last sort of person he'd want to be friends with. <laughs> well, he won't answer my email, so I guess I am as well. <laughs> Are you sending him emails? I've never gone that far. <laughs> only, only to do with live show parlour guestiness, but it's not going to happen because, yeah, it's getting ignored. If you don't ask, though. Exactly. That's why I thought I'll give it a whirl. And the, the, the problem with having, like, anxiety and paranoia, though, is that when you do things like organise a 24-hour podcast event that requires guests and people to be involved, that when you send out waves of emails and then you get, like, three replies and two of them are no... Uh, it plays proper havoc with your brain. Yeah, I can imagine. Have I have I replied to you? I haven't emailed friends and things yet, so you're okay. I was trying to I was right. trying to ask like all the super famous people who are probably going to say no first and give them first refusal on time slots and things, um, but I mean, no one's yeah, replying, you so you know. Try and fill up on good people before you start resorting to yeah, that makes sense <laughs> to plebs like me. No, I totally understand. <laughs> Not at all what I was saying, but okay. <laughs> That's how you want to take it. Well, I thought I thought I'd do with your last one. I deliberately picked a late night slot because A, I wanted to help, and B, I figured the competition wouldn't be too great then. <laughs> but then I went sort of full spectrum, just jabbering away about X Men movies, and then you had Lee Gallagher on or someone immediately afterwards mm. or before who was amazingly sexy. Yeah, he's always amazingly sexy though. Like I wouldn't want to follow him on anything. To be fair. Because um, yeah. he, I felt really bad for him actually, and I sent him, I sent him a message afterwards to say thanks because he caught us right as we hit our tiredness wall. So, <laughs> so he sort of had to start interviewing us in order to just keep us awake. He kept asking us questions, and I was like, uh, "What? Oh, I don't know." So yeah, I need to like kind of employ him for like the two in the morning slot again. Love <laughs> him. He's lovely. He is lovely, and his wife's lovely, and his kids cute. He's the whole package. I don't know about his package though. Mm. I've often thought about it though, shouldn't I? <laughs> See, I haven't. I just I know I probably would find it weird looking. Like the end of a balloon, James. <laughs> That's what they're like. What they're are weird. you doing? Um, <laughs> so Deadpool was good. Uh, what what have you guys done and seen and read and stuff? I have seen loads, but I've been talking lots and my voice is starting to give out and I think James wants to talk about some TV programme he's been watching. Well, it, I thought you were going to say something, but instead you decided to introduce me. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. 
It's like I can't speak for myself. Just because I'm polite and leave, leave pauses for other people to talk doesn't mean I haven't got anything to say. I've been sat, I've been sat at work today and I've had a bit of a cold and my throat's been getting worse and worse and I, oh, my, voice was, my voice was starting to go and I said to the office at large, oh, my voice is starting to go, that sucks. And one of my colleagues has only recently started in her office said, for who? <laughs> and then I, I said, well, I'm... I'm supposed to be guesting on the podcast tonight and I'm recording a podcast tomorrow night and then I'm supposed to be presenting a panel on Saturday. So I guess loads, but I don't. You're presenting a panel on Saturday. Oh, that's sh- shut up. <laughs> Seriously, the first I knew about it was when Ian Sharman was sending out the invites and it said, hosted by Nick Papp and Constantine. I'm like, you what? I was livid. Um, I've, I've been watching something obsessively. I've been watching the television series Turn... Subtitle: Washington Spies. I've never heard of um, this. It's it's on uh, Amazon Prime. Do you have Amazon Prime? Yeah, uh, oh. it's not uh, not an original, but it's an American TV series uh, about the Culper spy rings. Um, and the Culper spy ring was basically George Washington's spy ring uh, during the Revolutionary War. So it's set in Revolutionary America, uh, US. So it's seventeen seventy seven, seventeen seventy eight, around that time. And it's absolutely fascinating. It, it centres on Tintin, who um, <laughs> it's not Tintin. Jamie Bell, who was who was Tintin, and uh, he he plays uh, a farmer and a magistrate's son that he becomes uh, recruited to be a spy. Um, and uh, was Abraham uh, Woodall um, was his name. He was a real man, an um, actual person, an actual real man, and not he made was, up. He one. was basically the main agent for this spy ring that was instrumental in helping the Americans win the Revolutionary War. So, so what you've got is some really... Uh, it's an AMC programme. The Walking actually. Dead people. Yes. So you've got some really impressive production values, actually. There's not an awful lot of CGI, but when there is, it's really well used just to flash out um, the backdrops. So, you you know, you see sort of, um, New York as it was then and the, the, the frigates and so forth in the harbour. Look, looks really good, but you've got the the intrigue, the suspense, and the drama of his spying activities, but set against this really interesting soapy story of this love triangle between um the, his wife, who was engaged to his brother, who was killed, and then to um for some reason he had to marry her. I for think that used to happen a lot. Reasons of honor, yeah. But also, you have the woman that he was in love with himself and engaged to. You've got this really weird, steamy sort of love triangle. I say steamy, there isn't lot, like an awful no lot of sex in it. In it. No, I mean, there's some sex scenes, but there's none of this gratuitous gratuitous nudity so popular in uh, adult drama these days. Okay. Um, but but it, it, it really nicely balances one against the other to make a really compelling story. And you've got some fantastic bad guys, like the English are obviously complete shits. There's a geek man yes in one of them burn gorman who wasn't very good in tortured but he's fantastic he plays the major who is in charge of the town of uh which is where um jamie bell's character uh lives and you've got i can't remember the name of the guy who plays him but this this english officer who's just psychopathic and sort of murders at the drop of a hat and he's such a tremendously terrifying bad guy but in this really sort of um buttoned down english gentleman kind of way it's 
so incredibly compelling. And frankly, I can't wait until Nick goes and I can watch a couple more episodes. Fine. Um, there's, there's two seasons on, um, on Amazon Prime. I'm partway through the second season. I, I can't recommend it highly enough. If you have any interest in either, uh, good drama or historical drama or history or, or um, uh, wigs or do Jamie like Bell. Oh, think about wigs. I do love a good wig. Loads of wigs. I'm on the fence about wigs. Tons of them. Really good. Powdered wigs. I think that it's one of those things I'm not interested in history, but when you hear someone who's really passionate and knowledgeable about a subject like that, get excited, Stacey, it kind of, it it, it bubbles up and makes you feel like you might want to watch it. That's the thing I found. Makes me feel excited for olden times. I hated uh, all of the Tintin books and Asterix books throughout the rest of my life, but hearing James talk about them with his enthusiasm has made me gain a new appreciation for them. So James is a real history bloke. It's good. I like history. It's interesting. I was about to say, I'm not a big fan of history, and then thought, what a stupid thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like books either, as it it puts it. It helps us better understand ourselves. Yeah. Look at all the stupid things we've done over and over again. It helps us better understand ourselves, who are little <laughs> elves that hang around people's asses. I love ourselves. I was so interested in what James was saying about that TV programme that I didn't do that thing that I normally do. And I really, really wanted to. When he started talking about agents, I wanted to really disrupt him by saying, Asians? He, he's an Asian? I don't understand. Oh. And... Uh, but um, but I didn't because I was in- interested. Actually, there are no Asian actors in it. That's pretty bad. Are there any Asian characters? No. So there aren't like loads of English English guys with like their eyes pulled back. Yeah, doing like Spike Milligan. Oh, I'm not. It's Hollywood, baby. I don't, I didn't make the rules. Peter Ustinov doesn't feature in it once. I think I think it's awful, but it is a thing that they do that people do, not Asians that Hollywood does. Oh. What's the matter? <laughs> What's happened? <laughs> Have you never seen one of our dinosaurs? Oh, <laughs> no. Or, or short oh, circuit. Seriously. Oh, God, I've seen short circuit. For <laughs> the, No, the, the, the actual truth fact about me is that I genuinely thought that Fisher Stevens was an Asian guy. Probably <clears throat> disease Anzari, I wouldn't worry about. <laughs> I, think, I think it's disease Anzari actually says that. So someone, one of one of the Indian uh, Indian comedy actors in the US, but I think it was Aziz Ansari actually said that he always thought that 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 was. The thing is, I was a kid, and how am I supposed to know? And then I didn't watch the film again until like yonks afterwards, and my husband was like, "Cool, this is a bit racist, isn't it?" And I was like, "Oh, how dare you? That's an actual, you know, Asian man." And he was like, "No, no, no, <laughs> no." Well, and that's when I realised how terrible his accent was. You seriously need to see one of our dinosaurs is missing. Is that an old Disney film? It is, oh, but it's no. just the most racist film imaginable. It's all white dudes playing Chinese characters, and it's Oof. really quite the thing. The thing is, it was one of my favourite movies up until the age of about 13 or 14. <laughs> I, uh, I've been reading Mr Men books to my son, and some of those are a little bit odd. There's a genie in one of them, and he's so brown. Yeah, I, I really deliberately pick as English an accent as I possibly can for that character. I've been doing Matt Berry a little bit. Talks a little bit like this. This. That's how he talks. <laughs> I can't do accents. I can't do accents. 
I can't do voices. You're the voice guy, oh, yes. Rob Leefield. <laughs> you didn't do your Rob Leefield once when Stacey was talking about Deadpool. You kind of left her hanging a little bit yeah, there. This is Stacey's show, not ours. I'm trying to be polite. But people love your voices. You have to be polite. It's fine. <laughs> I know I don't have to be. I choose to be. <laughs> well, high grounded. Is that how you say it, high grounded? That's the thing they say in... Uh... He keeps looking at the clock. He's thinking about his, no, his historical <laughs> fiction and... And Are we keeping you, James? No, I'm just old and my bladder's weak. I'm sorry. That's true. That's a thing. I didn't mean to out you on that front, James. But yeah, I mean, the thing about the accents in the, the guy's accent in Short Circuit is that a couple of, because everyone's talking about diversity at the moment in Hollywood, one of the things a couple of, um, and because Aziz Ansari's show, I can't remember what it's called, the one that was Master on Netflix, of Master of None, there was an episode about being an Indian actor and being up for the same roles as all of the others. And actually, Indian actors in shows and films are always <laughs> asked. Bless, Bless you. you. Thank you. Indian actors in uh, shows and films are always like asked or encouraged to overdo that accent as well. Mm-hmm. So actually, you know, you can let yourself off the hook a little bit about Fisher Stevens because he was probably just doing the accent that all Indian actors were doing whenever they actually got a paying job in Hollywood at the time. Too. And I think he feels really guilty about it as well. I think he's done interviews recently about it. But yeah. We're so on the pulse. <laughs> <laughs> Was there anything you got else you you guys wanted to talk about? Because I've I've exhausted my long list of Deadpool and I'm I, aware um, that James needs away. So <laughs> I'm sorry, James. I I suppose because James made all of those accusations earlier in the podcast, I've, I feel bad about talking about anything that Good. like might not be on terrestrial TV. So I've been watching lots of CBBS. <laughs> How's that um, working out for you? I, it's okay. It's not. It's not too bad. I've been watching Monsters University over and over again <laughs> because bizarrely, Monsters University is on Netflix, but Monsters Inc. isn't on Netflix. That's it's weird. Very- it's Some very prime. strange. Oh, is it on Amazon Prime? Oh, is it? Well, that's one service too many for me to pay for. I'm afraid. <laughs> I don't. I don't think your internet connection could handle it, mate. No, I don't, I don't think it could. You're right. Better than nick it off the internet. That's a it? sick burn. <laughs> um, the but yeah, and and that's and that's. I think a lot of people didn't watch it, even people who liked Monsters Inc. Partly because I think the promotion for it fell flat, and no one really understood who it was for, or mm. what it was for, or why it existed. Or, you know, prequels are dog shit anyway, so why bother in the first place and all of that stuff. But if you've got a spare hour and a half, I, Monsters University is kind of worth watching. I could recommend it. It's on Netflix. <laughs> there are monsters in it. There are lots of jokes. It isn't entirely continuity or canon accurate uh, to one thing I've noticed because I've been watching these. When you have small children, you end up watching the same things over and over again. And... Um, there's a line in Monsters, Inc. where they refer to having known each other since grade school, which I think is very young. But this film suggests that they only met each other at Monster University, which is a university uh, which is much older than grade school. Your work's graded at university, don't it? Is it? Well, maybe that's what they meant. I don't know. But it's got a lot of like funny jokes. But it's a university film. It's about like... I wouldn't get it. I didn't go to university. Yeah, so me neither. Lost on yeah. Oh, well, okay. Forget I mentioned that then. Um, I've also been watching... I've watched Monsters School of Hard Knocks. <laughs> Monsters leave school at 16 and get a job. Yeah. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I don't think they've done that yet. Monsters work for a living. <laughs> I'm swanning around Southampton making emo videos. <laughs> I'm not sure what you're referring to. 
and there definitely isn't video evidence of it on YouTube. Um, I, um, have you ever got... seen it, Stacey? Has Nick ever showed you his emo video he made? It was for a project. No one else wanted to be on camera. He looks so sad and lovely. If it makes you feel even slightly better, there is a video in existence that me and my sister made with my Tyco video cam, which was such a <laughs> terrible video camera that you had to plug it into a video in order to record anything, um, uh, uh, in which we try to make our own music videos to songs, you know, such classics as Sailor V by Bewitched or uh, Kiss Kiss by That Bird from Neighbours that didn't really take off. Sailor V. I don't know Kiss Kiss. It That's was... not the one with Bollywood music on it, is yeah. it? Yeah, it is a little bit. Is it Ho- Holly, Holly, Holly? What's it? Was that Holly Valance? There you go. Yeah, it was a Holly Valance. And uh, it, it's a great part of the video because my sister's trying to look all seductive doing this weird sort of belly dance kind of move. And then my granddad walks in and she just like drops into this like stiff as a board, like rabbit in headlights face. And he's like, what are you up to? She's like, oh, nothing at all. Um... Yeah, okay, see ya. And it's really awkward and brilliant. Mike, how old were you then? Uh, when did that song by Bewitched come out? <laughs> I've got no concept like of... 90s, let's say 98. Oh, okay, so I would have been like like 30. <laughs> <laughs> 13, did you say? Yeah. I was going to say. Okay, right. There's um, there's a... I see, I can't use that as an excuse because my... The video that James is talking about was it was to the Cocteau, it's Cocteau Twins song, mm. and it was a university project. So I was like nineteen or twenty when I did that. So I can't, I can't claim being a teenager. <laughs> but at my wedding, my cousin unearthed this oh, audio of he and I used to do these little radio shows <gasps> on his tape deck. I did that and- too because I had a talk boy like Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> Did you see the? Uh, did you see Macaulay Culkin reprising that role in that I did. weird little online He's short? So weird looking now. Like he, he looks is. like a rapist, doesn't he? Oh, I, I don't know. He doesn't look a thing like Bill Cosby, oh, and that's think, my yeah, metric. I think you're a rapist to the service. Oh, I'm not sure how to react to that, James. Um, at the point where I'm your ethical barometer, things have gone completely. But, uh, yeah, and he played that at my wedding. And I didn't... Did you used to do an American accent? Because that's how I thought DJs were meant to talk. Yeah, I did, course. like, this weird mid-Atlantic accent. DJ Nick. Radio Home Base. Radio Home Base, DJ Nick. <laughs> uh, I literally just said what James said back again. But that's because he can remember the audio, whereas I can't remember anything. I've kind of blocked it out oh, from my memory. Oh, it's the best part of the wedding by a long shot. Oh, oh no, it wasn't. Apparently the free booze was the best part of the wedding, wasn't <laughs> oh, when, it, James? when they played We Built This City on Rock and Roll by Starship. Yeah. That was a good bit, too. And the bit where me and my wife uh, pl- pl- uh, pledged our entire lives to each other. That was nice, that's wasn't it, James? Right. And the bit where my parents were late and missed the service. That was funny. <laughs> that was good. I, I, that bit, I definitely enjoyed. I was sat there chuckling. Oh, no. so they had about, it was about 50 yards between the hotel and the, and the civic centre. I think I nudged my wife and went, brilliant it was hilarious it was textbook next parents and um, but yeah so i watched a little bit of steven universe because i'd heard so many people talking about it and i thought oh that can't possibly be as good as people are saying because geeks are idiots and it and it actually is really good I'm and i liked it finding it really hard because steven's voice makes me want to punch people oh no i like him i like the i like the two the i like the um two crystal gems the shortest one and the tallest one the most I like the one who's got who's like kind of purple. Amethyst. And kind of, 
kind of chunky. She's lovely. Yeah, I love she's her. She uh, looks like a Sophie Campbell drawing, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. And um, I really like the tall one with the English accent. That's some sort of rapper whose name just escapes me completely. Damn it. Oh, but she's awesome. And what I like about her is they've gone with an English accent that isn't received pronunciation or whatever it's called. It isn't the Queen's English accent. And it also isn't really like urban. Mm-hmm. they've gone with an English accent that's just like an English accent. It's not the sort of thing you normally hear in things, which I think is quite cool. But I had to stop watching that because I was watching it with my son and it was quite cool. And then there was one where Stephen works out how to transform his fingers into kittens and the kittens are trying to eat everything and it's quite funny and cute and he's got a problem doing things, but it's okay because it's just his fingers. And we were laughing at that. And then the transformation thing starts going a bit out of control and then his shoulder starts turning into a whole bunch of kittens and then his whole body is turning into this bunch of kittens. And as this is happening, I was looking at it thinking, this might be a bit too weird for my son. And my son kept kind of looking back at me, still smiling, but just for reassurance. And I was like, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? No, it's funny. And he was like, yeah, funny. And looking at it. And then at one point, Stephen is freaking out and screaming and his whole body is all kittens trying to drag him away from where he's trying to go. And any time anyone tries to get anywhere near it, they they snarl at, at it and bite it. And, and I had to turn it off because it was just too fucking weird. That it was seems like something really out, weird. Something out of The Thing by John Carpenter. It was, it was a cartoons are weird. Yeah. They're really strange. I wanted to talk about Hey Dougie, but we probably ran out of time and you've never watched it, probably, Stacey. But yeah. you should watch Hey Dougie. It's really good. I think you'd love it. I've literally never heard of this before. It's on CBeebies, but don't don't let that stop you. It's worth watching. It's very good. It's about a dog who is a scout leader, and then he's got all of these little animals who come to him, and they, they earn a different badge every episode, and it's narrated by Ale- Alexander Robbs. Nothing I'm saying about it makes it sound very good, but there's loads of video game references, and it's all these lovely shapes and noises, and it's quite funny and fun, and it's good, and I like it. Mm. But also, the thing I've been obsessed with recently is Gravity Falls. Oh, that just finished, didn't it? Because it got all cancelled and that. Yeah, apparently they had this really long... It finished on this three-part story, and the last part came out this week, I think after the lot you know the previous bits were all last year so i haven't seen the very last one but i only started watching that because of rick and morty oh yes there's is... a little easter eggy situation isn't there in rick and morty yeah yeah there's this uh there's an episode of rick and morty where they're just they're dealing with some alien races and there's a whole bunch of portals to other dimensions in the background and they're literally just in the background and you only notice it if it's been pointed out to you, but three objects come through one of the portals in the background. It's mm-hmm. like a a mug, a pen and something else. I can't remember what the other thing it's is. A notebook or something, isn't it? That's it, yeah. And that's actually at the very, I think it's spoiler, but at the very end of the, but I knew this going in as well. So I got spoiled on it. So it doesn't matter if other people do is how I see it. In the in the last episode of the first season of Gravity Falls, one of the characters has been secretly trying to open up this portal to another dimension, and they manage to open it up, and you see all all three of those objects get pulled off their desk into the portal. And I don't think they told anyone that was going to happen. Only people who were watching both shows would have got it. Mm-hmm. But it kind of made me obsessed with the idea of watching this show. And it's weird. It's like this Disney show... And so the production values are really good. The animation is absolutely beautiful. But it's about these two twins 
who go to stay with their grunkle, the great uncle Stan, who um, is basically a, a huckster. He's got this uh, shack in the middle of this town called Gravity Falls where um, he's got all of these fake mythological beasts and mystery, mysterious stuff mm-hmm. in his shop called the Mystery Shack. And he, he takes people around it on tours and then sells them like really bogus, um, bogus tours and bogus items. He's a complete con artist, basically. But these two twins turn up and the boy is obsessed with mysteries and stuff. And he starts finding, like in the first episode, his sister goes on a date with this handsome local stranger who turns up out to be a bunch of gnomes disguised <laughs> as a person. I saw that episode the other day because I've been meaning to start watching it since um, at least a zillion people have told me I would love it. But I've only... The problem with Disney is that I, I sometimes forget that channel exists because as soon as I get to Cartoon Network, I get distracted by Adventure Time and Regular Show and Gumball and Teen Titans Go, and then I just forget that I was ever trying to find the Disney Channel anyway. Um, yeah. So I've seen, I think, maybe three full episodes of Gravity Falls, but I've seen one of them at least three times. <laughs> that, that one, I think, is the first one. And, yeah. and it's, I mean, it is. There is a lot out there, and it is very distracting, but this one is really good, and it kind of does a... It's weird because it's the Disney Channel, but this is probably a naive thing to say because I think there's probably loads of stuff like this on the Disney that's come out from Disney. But it's quite subversive mm-hmm. and quite clever. And although all of the character designs and everything are very cute, it can be quite... Again, it's another one of those shows that I can't watch with my toddler because when there are creatures in it, sometimes they're pretty spooky. Some of it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does like a, a Creature of the Week story for most of the first season the monsters and mysteries are all really inventive but the actual underlying mythology and all of the different characters in the town are pretty cool and interesting as well and some of them are just one line like one punchline characters like you get loads of in the simpsons or something but some of them have extra stories attached to them and Kristen Schaal is the voice of um uh, is the voice of the mabel the twin sister mm-hmm. and she's just it's like this typical pairing of the boy is really hung up and really intelligent and, and into his mysteries. And Mabel's just this completely free spirited nonsense creature. Who just <laughs> She's all whimsy, like 100% whimsy. Mm-hmm. And she's constantly like, she's kind of boy crazy. They're only supposed to be about 12 or 13. Or no, they're 12 just turning 13. But, but she's just so adorable. She should be annoying. But Kristen Schaal does such a good... Cause I really like Kristen Schaal, but she's one of the people who can be too weird mm-hmm. in some things. She's such an odd uh, one for me because I always used to find her highly irritating and I was adamant it was because of her voice. And I was like, no, it must, yeah. it must just be that driving me crazy. But then, like, she's... Have you, do you ever watch Bob's Burgers? I haven't, but it won an award or something recently, didn't it? I've heard that it's very oh, good. I absolutely love Bob's Burgers. And she plays um, Louise, who's one of the three one of Bob's three kids who's just like this little monster of a child and she's ridiculous and I love her. <laughs> and she's also she also does a voice of one of Jake's kids in Adventure Time and um, she's amazing in that as well, so it must not be a voice, it must be a face, I guess. <laughs> the, the dude who plays Bob's wife was on Getting Dog. Was she... Just to tie it back to something earlier. <laughs> oh... And and they, they always be it's, it's always far twenty somewhere he says in her voice. <laughs> I love Linda so much. My husband finds her well irritating, but I think she's fantastic. No, I like Linda. But it's because I'm quite often prone to just bursting into song for absolutely no reason whatsoever as well. 
I was kind of weirded out when I found out it was a bloke who did her voice, though, because I was convinced it was a, a lady. I, I watched the first, I, and I won't talk about this too too much. Oh, but yeah, I, there's the catchphrase. <laughs> I watched the first... Um, uh, no, what, normally what happens, James, as we're not on our show, I feel f- like I can freely talk about this, is normally I say we won't talk about this too much, but I have one thing to say about this, and then you go off on a 20-minute rant about it. Yeah. Let's go back to the tape. I think we should go and listen to those, all of those episodes right now. <laughs> no, um, but there's a new series. Um, there's a new series that I think Louis C.K. has produced called Baskets with yes. Zach Galifianakis, mm-hmm. and his his mum is played by a man and quite a big beefy man, mm-hmm. but it's just Brilliant. played off as, as as just normal. It's perfect. It's very weird. Do you, have you seen it? Do you? I have. I have. I like it a lot. It's. I still don't quite know what it is though. Baskets like me and Rich watched an episode yesterday, and we both enjoyed it. But we were just like, I don't know how I would recommend this to a friend or who I would recommend it to because it's just bizarre. I haven't. Have you seen it yet, James? No. It's. It's very. It's because it's one of those things where you, it's compelling to watch, and everyone in it's really good. But it isn't. There aren't jokes in it, so it's kind. It's. It, it, it's very similar to Louis in that way. I think. That it's like it's got this weird tempo to it, and it's quite addictive to watch. But like, you don't really find yourself laughing. There aren't jokes in it. You just start to find yourself laughing at situations in it once you get to know the characters a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. I I I love the um, every time I've laughed, it's been because of the the insurance lady, yes, who drives him around <laughs> everywhere. I don't know who that actress is, and I looked on IMDb, and she's not really been in anything else. But she's hilarious. She's so deadpan and mm-hmm. sort of just a tragic, tragic woman. Yeah, <laughs> she's so her. tragic. She's also pretty much exactly the same as Lynn from um, Alan Partridge. Is it Lynn, his his assistant in all of the Alan Partridge stuff? She's a really similar character, but I just she's hilarious but anyway so um yeah i think the thing about christian charlotte is people people tap into her weirdness and how kooky she is but like when she's best like the things that she's best in don't do that quite as much so i don't know if that's the case with bob's burgers but in gravity falls mabel is quite kooky but at the same time she's very human and her situations are really sort of human there was a thing called um the the real housewives of jersey shore i can't remember what it was called it was some weird ensemble thing that she was in as well where she played the um it's like a fake reality show and she plays the um the like junkie sister of one of the real jersey shore housewife women people and actually she's the only character you have any sort of sympathy for in the whole thing so i don't know i and i've come to quite adore her little face i like Kristen charles little face anyway that's me i like gravity falls it's good it's well worth a watch I should definitely give that a whirl. It is. It you kind of do have to watch it in sequence, which is a little bit frustrating. It's not like Adventure Time where you can just watch any episode. Most episodes you can just watch out sequence in that, can't you? But are you are you up to date with that? By the way, no. Oh, because there was an episode I, I can't remember if I've talked about it before, but I feel like I need to discuss again because you know how occasionally they have like guests, people with weird animation styles and stuff on to do an odd episode for no good reason and um 
a couple of those episodes I think have been like actually some of Adventure Time's worst. Um, like there was one I think called Food Chain or something like that. Oh yeah, that was weird. That was weird, trippy garbage that I didn't like at all. Um, but in this latest series, there's an episode called Bad Jubies, and it's possibly one of the greatest things I've ever put in my eyes. It's um, it's all stop motion animation, and it's gorgeous. And, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, you should you should watch it. Kevin Michael Richardson plays uh, a storm in it. <laughs> You know, is who's Kevin Michael Richardson? Uh, he does the he, God. He's done so many voices. Currently, he does the voice of uh, Cleveland Junior in Family Guy and 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 the Cleveland Show, and um, the voice of the Shredder in the New Turtles cartoon. Oh, he's one of your voice actor people. Yeah, we like him a lot. Uh, James is just having to rush off to the toilet. <laughs> I, think, I did wonder. I think, <laughs> I think his bladder's given up. Oh. Um, he's got this guitar here. And I want him to play it, but he doesn't want to. And I said I'd beatbox. Well, I played the ocarina on my last episode, so you know. I think it'd be a stage too far. I don't think he's willing to do it. <laughs> and I said I'd, I, I like I said, I said I, I said I'd do my beatbox uh, because my beatbox is really crap. It's basically just spitting into your own mouth beatboxing. I don't know if you've ever. No, I've never tried uh, it because I it. fear I'd be too, I'd be far too white at it. So. <laughs> I try not to. I try not to think in those terms. I'm kind of colour blind. I don't know if you've. Um, I don't really see colour, Stacey. Yeah, you, you tell I'm me like that Meryl every Streep time I see you. <laughs> I'm like Meryl Streep in that way. <laughs> I figure we all come from Africa, so uh, there can't really be such a thing as racism. <laughs> but yeah, so so how are you feeling about this episode? <laughs> I don't know. I think I think it'll all it, you'll be able to tell by when I'm trying to edit it and <laughs> how many swear words appear on Twitter in that. <laughs> yeah, you'll be tweet, tweeting out your dismay. I can understand that. He's back. No, it's been good. Uh, no, that's okay. You can't help it. Don't apologise. It's your bladder. He can't hear you, Stacey. Telling him not to apologise isn't going to help. He hasn't got his, his earplugs oh, in yet. If I waited anymore, I was going to actually. <laughs> Squish my willy as flat as a bloody pancake. I do. Is that were you were you pushing it all down? Yeah, I was. I think uh, the problem is I, I felt a little bit of a twinge in the kidneys all day. I can't have done them any good there, could I? No, no. It's really. I mean, I I worry about the amount of damage I've probably done to my kidneys by holding it over I, the years. I worry. That I went to a festival once and I took ecstasy and I didn't go for a wee for about six hours. And I think I think that's where it all went wrong for me. I didn't. I was at a festival once when I was younger. I don't think this was even to do with anything like you just said, which sounds very naughty, and I wouldn't have touched that. <laughs> but I think I went for something like three or four days without going for a poo. Oh, I can lock myself up. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's I'm really foreign territory. Yeah, it's a foreign it's territory. I think Stacey has a problem with poo conversation. No, not at all. Um, I don't know how my listeners feel about it, but. <laughs> Well, we'll see. I, I guess re- I, I realised the other day. I figured that generally, uh, generally, anyone following me on Twitter is kind of used to the absolute worst. And apparently, people are really squeamish about noses. People are really squeamish about bogies. I don't. Oh. I said there was there was a. I I I've been a little bit bloody. I've been having nosebleeds and stuff. And I mentioned it on Twitter and. <laughs> mentioned that Amy didn't like me talking about it and someone admonished me and said, yep, she's right, shouldn't talk about it. I think that's acceptable. But this is coming from the person who loudly announced in the office the other day, how can one human nose contain so much snot and then sneezed repeatedly? So, 
you know i think it's like it's like mental health we do nobody any favors by this this code of silence we've all got about all of these things <laughs> in terms of because people don't like to talk about i real i realized recently uh because because i'm too open about these things i think so i i uh, recently was had quite an upset stomach in the afternoon and I made the miss well I thought it was a mistake of actually mentioning to a couple of people around the office that I am prone sometimes to have a slightly bad tummy and um and found out that like something like three or four people just within a shot of what I was saying have exactly the same problem <laughs> none of us knew about it so it's like you know everyone's suffering in their own little little cones of silence and all we life, could be sharing all life is suffering Nick. It, all life is suffering you're right that's true he's absolutely right you know oh dear <sighs> James <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we do it because I've just realised how long we've been a gas bagging so um, that was him beatboxing no that's it all I, all I do on the days is, is watch that 70s show and turn you love that 70s show I love at the it. moment. And I especially love it since I found out that Mia Kunis and Aston Kutcher got married in real life. And now my heart just, oh, when they're together on that show, oh, they're together in real life. And it's such a beautiful and poetic thing. I like it. It's good. God, he, he really, I mean, he's not even being, he's not even doing a bit. He no, really I does. really do, I really, it really does things to me. It's the only way I can feel is by watching that 70s show and thinking about me giving this an Aston picture. But because they're a Hollywood couple, I'm just hoping, because really, as much as I ride James, um, wish. as much as I deride James, I do care about him. And so what I'm hoping is that he's finished all of the episodes of that 70s show and lost interest by the time they have their inevitable Hollywood breakup. Because yeah. it'll happen. That would be sad. Shut up, you don't know nothing. The only the only sure thing in Hollywood that didn't end up in a breakup was poor Liam Neeson and his ex wife. Well not his ex wife, his widow. No, he's the he's the widower. I like that um, Hollywood Babylon, that Kevin Smith show, and there's a bit on every show uh, called How Big Is Liam Neeson's Penis? But apparently an ex-lover of uh, Liam Neeson's said that his penis looked like an Evian water bottle. That sounds terrifying. He doesn't strut like some actors do. He doesn't you need never to. know. He's, he's really, yeah. Like no. Is that why he seems ju- just pretty chilled out a lot of the time, almost yeah, asleep? He's got a penis that is functionally useless. <laughs> so you would have to have like a fairly baggy vagina to accommodate that. Well, and certainly if you didn't have one beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Oh my goodness! Uh, but I quite like him though, Liam Neeson. I've oh. not seen anything with his junk in. I ain't fussed. He was, um, the thing is, whenever I think about him, I think about midichlorians and I get angry. Every time I think about The Revenant, I think about how much I preferred The Grey, which was about wolves, but was approximately the same film. And then recently I watched Brother Bear, the Disney film. And now every time I think about The Revenant, I think, I think I prefer Brother Bear, the Disney film, I, um, which I, has a bear in it. I prefer The Revenant, which is a film about offcuts of uh, carpet. Oh, oh, we, <laughs> that was a shit show. Um, we watched, I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but we watched, um, I think it's called The Last Witch Hunter, which is a Vin Diesel film. It's a Vin Diesel vehicle about a man who hunts witches. And he's the last one who's hunting witches. All of the others have died. 
and it's actually surprisingly good even though it's a vin diesel vehicle it's got loads of great special effects and witches and stuff there's a joke about a man going to magazine conventions isn't there which magazine yeah i can't i can't tie the threads together i'm sorry She's giggling. I can barely hear it. I can't. Oh, I just, I, I've lost my marbles. <laughs> Brilliant. So I'll just talk about music, but I don't think I've listened to anything new since the last time we talked, and everyone else good has died. Well, I, I listened to Block Party's new album and hated it, and then went to see them live, and I still hate it, but I still like their old stuff, so it was fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was a weird... I don't know if I know. I think, that, huh? I think they're one of those bands that I only know because they're on the, the soundtracks of racing video games. Not racist video games racing video games <laughs> i don't know because i don't play racing video games so i wouldn't know if they're on soundtracks but i like i really love their first couple of albums and then i think their last album i listened to a couple of times and i was like yeah but then they sort of got rid of half of the band and got like a new two people in and then released the latest album which is essentially like if you take all the frenetic energy of block party just out and make them generic boring like noises then that's that's what the album is <laughs> but the problem was i bought the tickets to see them live before i bought the album because you know fortunately that's how i felt about a block party in their first two releases i'm off um we, we've just had one of the music venues in town has just moved within walking distance from my flat Ooh. so I, I was talking to, to to jane of we have issues jane and we said, we go, and we're going to see uh, the Fearless Vampire Hunters, just because I fancied the name. They, I thought, I want to see uh, a metal band with a daft name, so we're off to see them in a couple of weeks. Oh, God. I remember the days of going and listening to bands to like the names of them. Yeah, now I can just look was, there. It's easy. It's nice. I discovered. What, what venue is that? Talking Heads. Oh, has that moved? Yeah. It's a classic. It's a classic Southampton venue, Stacey. That might not mean a lot to you, no. but it's Talking Heads and the Joiners are the two classic ones, I yeah. think, pretty much. Um, I've basically been listening to Charlie Gambino over and over and over again. That's acceptable. Have you yeah. heard the good news about Rush? What's that? Is that a cop? I'd like you to read this pamphlet about Rush. I have prepared. <laughs> Do you love Rush? I can't stop listening to Clockwork Angels. Those recent releases. I don't. Are they one of those brilliant. American bands that? Americans all love. They're incredibly Canadian. But do Americans all love them? I don't know. It feels like I hear a lot of Americans talk about them. Okay. I also I spent most of January with the uh, the uh, with under pressure stuck in my head and I couldn't get it out. Oh, another one of those born again Bowie fans. Yeah, no, I, it was a Queen thing for me, oh, really. Oh, I've always liked him. Oh, no, it was Vanilla Ice. It was entirely Vanilla Ice for me. Parts and he fell off because I was so unhappy. I did not. That is so mean. You know that. You know that I don't have a relationship with David Bowie, and I've been very open about Certainly it. Certainly not now, you won't. No, I've missed my chance. Yeah. <laughs> he died specifically to avoid it. Yeah, because it was my turn. Yeah. It was my turn to have an affair with David Bowie, and now he's not the only person, to be honest, who's died to get out of having a relationship with, with me. You can always try and cop off with Duncan Jones. People aren't just interchangeable with their own children. That's just weird. <laughs> Oh, I, thought, um, I thought that's how it worked. The person I lost my virginity who died a couple of years ago. So, um, I mean, so we don't have to talk about it or anything, Stacey. <laughs> I, just, I wasn't I'm expecting not... it to take the air out. <laughs> just, I have no idea did. what to say to that, thing. Okay? I think, I think the appropriate answer is bloody hell. I thought it would have been quicker. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think it was anything to do with me. I, also, they are. 
there's a, a OK Go just released a video. I think people don't like OK Go. Do people like OK Go? I like OK Go, but I seem to only like their singles because whenever I buy an album, I get bored. I think yeah. it's mainly their videos people like. Yeah. <laughs> and their songs are quite catchy, but they're also all really super 1980s like style anthems, I think. All of their songs seem to feature them at some point clicking their fingers. Yeah. And, you know, you need to write songs that don't involve clicking fingers. Just in case, because every eventually arthritis, yeah. you can't, like, you've got to Hank plan for when you're in your 80s and still touring, doing the same stuff. And yeah, or Cowbell. I think the nicest thing here, for, and you're missing all of this, Stacey, is that James was clearly concerned that I wouldn't know what clicking your fingers yeah. <laughs> looked like, so did it. But... I thought the Cowbell mine was the best <laughs> one. <laughs> but, their newest video is in anti-gravity. They're on an aeroplane in anti-gravity. Oh, there was a there was a porn film 20 years ago done the same trick. Moonraker yeah. wasn't a porn film. No, there really was. It's uh, called The Uranus Experiment. You can look it up. Were they in space? No, they're in a vomit comet. Did they do like, that 20 like, years ago? Yeah, 20 years ago. Because I remember I was with my... Because it, it was a long while ago, so I was with... My friends and we were in Amsterdam and we were in like a video shop like you do. And there was and it was the world's first um zero G cum shop. That's bizarre. <laughs> I've been that's really pissed on my chips. I've been wandering around. I've I've been excited about this music video, looking at it going, it's just it's amazing what you can do now. When I was a kid you couldn't do that, but apparently when I was a kid you could have. See, I was brought up with just enough religion. Yeah. So I feel that if I was making a porno in a vomit comet plane it would crash. Really? Yeah. As God's retribution for my filthiness. <laughs> Why is... I mean, I'm an atheist, but I still believe that God will kill me if I get in a plane. Why is sex in zero gravity necessarily more sinful than... No, it's because it's sinful, and he would have, he'd have a way of killing me easily. Because the only reason you haven't been killed having sex on the ground is, is because it's too plane. difficult for it's God to kill you. God doesn't kill me, so don't get in planes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because the only way God has of killing people is planes. Is planes. <laughs> so, like John Denver, all those people, they clearly really oh, pissed him off. Fucking John Denver. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's. I've reached my limit with you now, James. I feel, like, we've, I feel, I feel like I've lost control. <laughs> sorry, Stacey. <laughs> I'll let you off. Speaking of letting you off, though, I am going to have to like tell you to go because. Because it's almost my bedtime. It's out of the park. <laughs> Get out. No. It's good. James and his wife fed me lots of roast chicken earlier on, and I found that every time I, for the last 10 minutes, every time I laugh, I have a little fart at the same time. <laughs> and I'm, start, I'm starting to worry the mic's going to pick. Oh, good heavens. Well, guys. My mum. Where can people find you on Tinternet and that? We are collectively on twogrownmen.net. That's the number two, isn't it, James? Yes, yeah, a number, yeah. <laughs> twogrownmen.net. That's our podcast that's been going for a while. That's about just us. <laughs> really. <laughs> More of the same. Um, and there's wehaveissues.net, which is our weekly podcast about comics that various of our friends have joined us on as well, which is quite nice. Yeah. And I'm I'm Nick Site on Twitter. I'm James Mom M O M B, and that's us, I think. On Facebook, are you on Facebook? Yeah, but you can find me if you look hard enough. James Gilly on Facebook. Yeah. 
And I'm Nicholas Papakonstantinou. Everyone gets bored halfway through typing my surname there. That's why nobody follows me or anything, I think. Oh. <sighs> Probably just as well, though. But yes, that's us. <laughs> Jolly good. Well, um, if you want to get in touch with me, you can send me an email He's at... still... What? Oh, no. Oh, why would I have an internet Hello? connection problem, like, right at the end? Hello. 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 Um, Hello. Also, Where'd goodbye. Um, <laughs> I need to give my details, guys. Come on. Um, Stacey's Parlour at gmail.com or at Stacey's Parlour on Twitter. Uh, Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour has a Facebook group. And you can buy T-shirts that have my face on at spcp.spreadshirt.co.uk. Isn't it, though? I don't think anyone's bought one, though. We, um, <laughs> we've been, like, traditionally historically rubbish with merchandise haven't we we really wanted to do a t-shirt of uh one of the chuckle brothers but nick lost the picture i lost David. <laughs> the picture for us and i lost it oh, Apparently, no. I lost it. it was me but it was um the uh we had a a, a a thing on our first podcast about how the saddest thing in the world will be when one of the chuckle brothers dies oh god as if they don't both go at the same time it's just going to leave one of them bereft. To you. To you. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were going to do a T-shirt of that, but we never got around to it. And now I think the moment might have passed or the decade. <laughs> oh, dear. They're yeah. a great follow on Twitter, though, I have to say. The Chuckle Brothers. Well worth following on Twitter. Genuinely brilliant. Are they, though? Yes. Really, though. <laughs> Are they, though? Okay. We're not just waiting for you three to catch up to them at this point. Stop it. Okay. Stacey, help. <laughs> Well, thanks, guys, for coming to the parlour and <laughs> saying some words. It's been weird, <laughs> but I've enjoyed it. <laughs> Thank you, Stacey. That's all Thank right. You, That's all right. And you lovely listeners, I'll see you next month, innit? I always do a wave, and I don't know why, because none of you can see it. <laughs> Bye. Oh, come. We... Come. come. What? What? See you next month, Cunnama. Oh, I thought you were just shouting cunt at me and I was like... No. <laughs> 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 That's going That's... a bit far. Yeah, it's every podcast. That's the one word we never say on our podcasts. Have you ever said cunt on a podcast, James? Yeah, once. When? Years ago on Mom. Oh, did you? Mm. You're a bad person. <laughs> <laughs>